Before you begin listening to this episode, please make sure there are no young children around. This conversation is not, in my opinion, appropriate for little ears. We talk about domestic violence, sexual violence, pornographic content, even child exploitation. Um, Some very serious topics are spoken about in this episode. Please be warned. If you think you might be triggered, then maybe don't give this one a listen. Otherwise, please listen with care. Thank you. Bye. Welcome to Think Like a Penguin, The Art of Flying. This is the podcast to help you think outside the box, live more confidently against the grain and become your more authentic self. Penguins don't traditionally fly, but what's to say they won't one day? very excited for this chat thank you so much Paul thank you um, we're actually in your recording booth which is very impressive something <laughs> I can aspire to later on um, explain to the listeners why you have this setup and how it relates to what you do for work and why you think I've maybe wanted to talk to you today because I'm fascinated <laughs> for the conversation today. Um, I, I just found with my business and the work I'm doing in cyber safety and and uh, as that's continued to evolve I just found myself doing so much more media and and online events and and interviews that I, I just thought oh, I'd be good to set up a little green green screen or studio in my own room so I don't have to jump in the car every five minutes and go into Channel 7 or Channel 9 or the ABC and uh, they love it too because they can just know that I've, I've got a pretty good setup here so it takes a while but um, yeah I'm glad I'm pretty happy with where it's at now it's good. Yeah. Brilliant. And I will just say that we don't really know each other. We no. just met by chance. I love the universe and how it brings <laughs> people together. A couple of weeks ago, I was doing a mural at a school and you were there giving a talk on cyber safety. Yep. And I actually overheard you because I was painting outside the classroom <laughs> and you were inside. And something caught my attention about one of the um, YouTube videos, Charlie Bit My Finger, which yeah. I think millions and millions of people know about yeah. we got a conversation happening over lunchtime and I am just fascinated about a bit more about your life what you've um, done I know that you've overcome many challenges you used mm. to work in the police force but then um, why you do what you do and the significance and in huge importance of the yeah. work that you do so maybe let's start at the beginning of who you are introduce yourself a little bit of a life journey of how yep. you've got to this point and then we'll get on to the important work that you do later yeah. in the um, conversation. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Paul Liverland, I was a, a WA police officer for 20 years, uh, working in a whole pile of different areas uh, all around the metro area. Uh, for the last six years of my policing career, I worked within technology crime. So we dealt with a whole pile of stuff, scams, hacking, cyberbullying, uh, nudes, all that sort of stuff. So it was a pretty full on world. Uh, a nerd, sorry. A nude, a nude, sorry. Oh, a nude, nude. yeah, okay. I, I, I was a nerd, but um, yeah, nude. So intimate, imi- <laughs> intimate, <laughs> intimate images and stuff like that. Yes. So during that six years, I, I got really frustrated with how how poorly the, the networks that we're mucking around in, social networking, gaming, were all being designed and produced. So users weren't really being protected. So I, I started pushing the networks to try and get a little bit better, but... WA police officer living all the way over here in the little WA, um, they weren't really listening as conglomerates, so I thought education was probably a better space to get into. So I started doing a couple of cyber safety presentations at my son's school, much to his embarrassment, and um, yeah, uh, what, 13 years later, and Surf Online Safe was born around 2013, uh, and 13 years later, here I am, uh, 800 schools later, and very busy boy, so that's that's my journey in regards to cyber safety at this stage, so yeah. it's good. 
Amazing. And presumably you didn't pan on or, or start out in life thinking, I will become a cyber safety no. expert or teachers in school. So take me back to when you were sort of just starting into adulthood and going out into the real world. Um, you started as a police officer, is that I'm assuming? Or? Yeah, oh, no, I started out um, as a, a truck driver, actually. And, and well, even my first first job was working at um, at KFC as yeah. a as a as an attendant there at, K- at KFC sort of serving chicken and um so I mean I, I I mean we started pretty rough I mean my my father was a very violent man so he's, we we suffered quite strong uh, family domestic violence at home uh, mum was uh, sadly living with that for six or seven years um, we grew up that with with that as kids as well so we, we were able to escape in 1983 um, from that violent um, marriage uh, as a family so mum raised five kids on her own wow. um, uh, no support from my father unfortunately so she, she was doing it really tough so I, I started working at 15 years of age to sort of support the family uh, and my siblings and and uh, sort of really understood, I suppose, at that stage, the difficulties of life and, and trying to support mum. And uh, so I got a job. Where did you, sorry to yeah. interrupt, in um, the line of siblings, where were you? I was were a middle, I was a middle, middle child. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and I was a middle child. I was the <laughs> naughtiest one. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so we sort of pushed into KFC. Um, I, I, I did enjoy that, but um, sort of wanted to look in other areas. So uh, I started um, working as a driveway attendant at a service station, so a petrol station, which is unheard of these days. It's all automated. So I used to pump petrol and all that sort of stuff. And by the time I'd got to uh, 18, I, I started driving trucks for a living and um, for a, a small goods factory. Uh, that turned into IPEX, so driving much bigger trucks and all that sort of stuff. And then um, I, I really, I really got a, a a want or a desire to join the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was a police officer as well, so um, considering wow. how uh, much of a nightmare we went through as kids, uh, I, I, to be honest with you, Liv, I promised myself I'd never be like my father. And um, I think when I wanted to join the police, it was more of a, I suppose a. Uh, a, a saying to me to go, you you will do better um, in in regards to who Rewrite he was. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So um, my mum was reluctant for that to occur because she was worried about getting me getting hurt. Um, but the, by the time I'd hit twenty three, uh, I was pretty determined to do it, and I joined the police in in nineteen ninety four when I was twenty four years of age, and uh, it just evolved from there. And uh, yeah, I mean, and, and you're right saying, I mean, I, I, if you said to me when I first joined, I'd end up in tech crime, I, I, I never would have believed you because it was just not an area I was in. Yeah, I was a bit of a nerd. I love computers and um, graphic design. I used to love designing posters and, and drawing and art. So, uh, yeah. I guess, I mean, this is not an insult to your age, but <laughs> I guess when you were 23, the concerns around crime within the tech yeah. space didn't even no, exist. It, was it wasn't a problem that we no. needed to be. And, and we still had typewriters. We still, I mean, the computers we had were still green Did screen. You? Were green screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so showing my age there, but we, yeah, we still had green screens, and and then it started to continue to evolve. And and, and by the time I'd, I'd got to tech crime, uh, and, and WA was really the only any state and country in the world who had their own specific tech crime division no one else on the planet was doing what australia was doing so um we were we were a leader and we're still a leader in australia in regards to to cyber safety so yeah yeah, it was a very interesting world can i go back a little bit and ask about your police career Mm. if that's okay just in terms of i guess the same 
um, point of cybercrime didn't necessarily exist. Did you notice across the, how long were you in the police? Uh, 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. Did you notice the type of crime changing or the way that people were influenced into doing crime was different reasons, probably drugs yeah. um, made that worse. But did you notice a real trend change across that two decades? Of uh, yes and no. D- depending on where you were, what areas you were in and, and who you were dealing with as in, in regards to offenders, in, in reality, the vast majority of crime was was based on uh, probably two or three factors. Number one, uh, wanting to get money for for drugs, mm-hmm. um, or or mainly just crimes of opportunity. So um, people, of course, you push into sexual assaults and all that sort of stuff. Completely different reasons, but that the vast majority of the stuff I was dealing with uh, was dealing with. You see, you're dealing with people who are looking to get money because they're they're on the bones of their backside. They can't afford this, or they're they're in a drug addiction and they're having to steal um, to to support that addiction. So a, as as my career continued and technology started to really continue to grow, but even before I was at Technology Crime, we did notice a, a shift in in not so much the type of crime, but more importantly how crimes were being responded to. What I mean by that is you could get you got a, a lot better quality CCTV, mm-hmm. okay, so you could catch offenders a little bit more. People, a lot of people had cameras now, so they would capture stuff, which gave police an opportunity to to identify offenders. So it assisted in in, uh, I suppose, investigations in a lot a lot more ways than it would have been done in the past. And on paper, it probably gave the perception that there was more crime, but it's yeah. just that anything, when you've got the evidence to show that it's there, or if you're looking at it, then it's probably always been there, but you've never noticed it or you know, been able yeah. to report it before. And, and that's so true, Liv, and, and especially in regards to what we're doing now, it's, uh, I think... There's always been a, a, I mean, scamming in particular has always been around, when that, whether that was someone sending a, a, a written letter to a house saying, oh, we've, you've won this or you've won that. I mean, that's all just revolved or evolved now into the online world. So I've got so many yeah. questions about scamming, actually. <laughs> um, why do, and this is very niche and very yep. personal to me, but probably weekly, I will get one or two calls from China. Mm. What, are the, what do they genuinely think that I'm that gullible and naive that I'm going to... Do, well, I can't understand them for a start. Yeah, but yeah. what's the point in that? What are they doing there? What's well, uh, normally uh, in those sorts of situations, I mean, a lot of our, our scamming syndicates were continuing are continuing to evolve, and they're trialling different softwares themselves. And so, yeah, you might get a phone call from a country that might think they're only calling within their own borders. Okay, so when you get that different language picking picking up, uh, they'll probably realise, oh, okay, our system's flawed in the fact that we're ringing an Australian mobile number as opposed to a Chinese or, or a. a, a bit like AI, when you do that little grid, it's actually fine-tuning yeah, their crime. Yeah, 100%. And, and, that's, and that's what we find quite regularly because as much as, as technology new and it evolves, so is criminality. But um, scamming has evolved exponentially because, um, because of the, the expanses of the internet. And, and, it's, and, and when you talk about those vulnerabilities, oh, I wouldn't do it. But on, honestly, mate, um, we don't worry about it victims such as yourself because you're not a victim unfortunately it's the people who who are susceptible to risk who and and and, and as an offender if you can make a thousand phone calls a week and only one percent of people you get them um that's that's still still Mm. lucrative so it's frustrating i have this sort of dilemma in my head that Obviously, to scam, you have to have some sort of intellect. You have to be quite clever, quite mm. scheming. And it takes a bit of 
actual thought to come up with a successful scam, why don't people just do that in a non-crime way? Like, if you're that yeah. clever that you can come up with a, a clever scam, just do it in a way that's not breaking because the law. Because it's easy money. And, and honestly, Liv, and I say this quite often, if I wasn't an honest person, I'd be, I'd be sitting in this room where we are now with, with my computers, a VPN, a couple of fake accounts, bank account in the Maldives, and I'd be ripping people off. Because I'd only have to work for a year and you'd make close to a million dollars. Easy peasy. And, and, and I know that sounds so, so bad, but it's lucrative, okay? You see a lot of people who are going very successful in, in regards to positives. I mean, I've taken the right side of, of cyber safety, or, yeah. or of the internet, and gone down the right line. But, but the technologies we have, it, it is, it's quite easy. So this ability to to create online worlds especially now because our kids are getting online in huge huge numbers they're starting to become a huge shift in victim rates because because they're they're continuing to evolve but that realistically you don't need to be too techie to be a scammer as long as the boss of a syndicate knows what they're doing and, and you see it on the news all the time you'll see office buildings full of people with scamming uh, scammers with laptops and all that sort of stuff so the vast majority of their team leaders are the ones who are the techie ones whereas those people who are actually making the phone calls are relatively uh, relatively new to that industry or they're not as techie as, as they might sound. Do you forget examples of people who genuinely think that they're in an honest job and yet they've been scamming on behalf of a big company organisation and they haven't even realised that they've been... No. No, they no. know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. I've had had situations uh, when we were t working at Tech Crime, the federal police went over to uh, the Philippines and, and did a, a raid on a syndicate over there and as they they uh, entered the, the building, um, all the scammers were sitting in a room listening to a lecture, okay? Now, the police arrested the person who was giving the lecture, um, and it, he actually turned out to be a professor at one of the universities talking about, um, talking about uh, computer use and talking about, um, uh, he was, oh, sorry, he was giving elocution lessons, I apologise. So he's giving elocution lessons. Now, he thought he was just talking to a telecommunications company so these, this tele, telco would be ringing Australia and they wanted, to, they wanted him to get the, the participants to sound more Australian or more British so they didn't sound so dodgy, yeah. if that makes sense. With respect to culture, of course, language is pretty, pretty easy to identify. Yeah. Um, so people would say, oh, this is a scam. So this elocution lesson, or this professor was giving elocution lessons. But when push came to shove, he, he was completely unaware that they were a scamming syndicate wow. who just wanted to sound more authentic. Yeah. So if you get a phone call from an Australian or a Sydney number and the person sounds more Australian, you're going to be more, you're going to lower your, your fear or worry a yeah. little bit better um, yeah. as opposed to someone who might have a strong international accent. My gosh. Yeah, it's huge. Two things came up in, in what you've just said. It's so mm -hmm. fascinating. Um, one of them is, is there a screening system or a way? How do you know? I guess this is true of any organisation, faculty or group of people. Mm -hmm. How do you know that the dodgy ones haven't got in like a mole? Because like you've just said, you could, if you were dishonest, yeah. make millions because you've yeah. learned so much about how to do the crime. Mm -hmm. Is there a way to... to um, screen people to make sure that people aren't... It, it's difficult. Yeah, I guess that's true of any Yeah, I, I mean, even realistically, if you get a phone call from the Commonwealth Bank tomorrow or Telstra tomorrow, realistically, 
Um, yeah, they might say on this or that, and they might provide you with certain data or information, but there's no real guarantee to prove who they are. And in those sorts of incidents, I'll go, if I get a cold call, oh, this is Telstra, look, we've had a couple of issues with your account, blah, blah, blah. I'll go, okay, who are you? Oh, this is my name, all right. I'll ring, I'll ring the main office number and give me the whatever it is, my case number, and I'll ring you, okay? A lot of people are so trusting in it. Yes. And, and the thing with the internet, honestly, is... Um, and we, we spoke a little bit about this uh, off off air. Is the linkability of the internet okay? So when someone walks up to you and says, "I I know about you," um, so often it's the linkability, the information that we're leaving as a footprint that can give so much information about you. And what I mean by that is, if if someone a scammer can jump online and go, "Okay, here's a photo of." Um, uh, Paul, he's he's uh, wearing a, a shirt that's got an icon on it or a, or a logo on it, so I know now where he works. Uh, I can then Google or search that workplace, find out other information about other people, and um, he's also got a couple of photos at a football club, so I now know he, he either plays or works at that football club. So all of a sudden someone then can ring and go, oh, look, um, I'm from such and such, there's been an issue, um, I know this is your age, this is your date of birth, this is where you work. So that, that, that information sharing online has been a catalyst for so, so much and how easy it is to be targeted because people can find out so much information about people. And, and I, I go to schools all the time and that's how we met. And um, first thing I'll do is at my most trusted schools, mainly my high schools, I don't do it with juniors because I, I, they're only young. But I'll jump online and see how many of I can, how many of them I can find before I get there. Wow. Okay, and uh, I was at a, a school yesterday. I was at Lumen Christie yesterday, one of my great schools. And uh, sorry, no, we'll pick on Perth Mod, uh, one of my greatest schools. Um, speaking of the Year Elevens, and I found 102 of them online, just from doing basic searches. And, and they'll look at you and go, "Oh my God." Um, but it's again, it's the that scary footprint. thing is some of them will want to be seen online. Yeah, yeah. And it, you have to consider, well, what's the advantage? Kind of links into um, a question I just thought of then is how do you safely advertise? Because some of us, for instance, myself, mm. I want to promote myself online. Yep. I've got a little logo T-shirt yep. that I deliberately wear in certain photos, mm. and I, I do, I do want people to see me because yep. I want them to see what 100%. I offer. But how do you do that in a way that's yep. safe? Great question, Liv. And, and, I, and I get this a lot. And what I want to do and, and what I'm trying to promote for, for all people, especially for kids, because they're the ones who are the most vulnerable, is I want you to separate as much as you can your real world from your online world. So we want to try and take away that linkability. OK, and this is where it's very difficult, because for me as a person, uh, Paul Liverland, the dad and, and the, the husband, I want to minimise that footprint. I, I don't want that information out there, but I want to promote my business. I want to promote Paul Liverland, the cyber safety educator. So getting that balance right is very, very difficult. So for me, it's about really trying to separate both those worlds. So um, my my name on Facebook is not recognisable, so that minimises that footprint. If, if I'm posting content on Surf Online Safe's Facebook or Instagram account, I'll ask my family and direct friends and peers not to like or comment on my content. And sometimes they'll go, oh, why not? We want to support you. And I'll go, I'm happy with that. But what I mean by that is, is if my auntie or my uncle or my brothers or my sister post uh, comments on my Surf Online Safe account, that's a linkability. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden now you've got another Litherland posting likes here and there. 
so that's a link. So closing down those are very important. And, and a, a quick story in regards to that, I, I, I had a, uh, I did a media report a couple of years ago and there was, uh, it was Channel 9 in the West Australian newspaper and there was a lady whose kids were kidfluencers. So this was a mum who had two children, year five and year six, and she'd set them up on Instagram and they were, they were basically promoting content. she had decided that they were kid-worthy influencers. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. They haven't gone, mum, I want no, to be a kid no, Well, I, 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 don't, I never got into that. I probably, yeah, would have assumed. So they were going to Adventure World and they'd put a review. Yeah. They'd go to the Benny's and Ice Cream and yeah. they'd do a review. So uh, West Australian and Channel 9 contacted me and said, oh, Paul, what's your thoughts on this? And I did a little bit of a report and I said, look, I'm okay with it. Um, their choice, her choice whatsoever, but I want to get that separation. Um, can you identify her kids in the real world because of their online pers- personas? And, and the mum said, no, nah, guarantee you, you won't. So I took that as a challenge, um, mm-hmm. jumped online that night after the report, and of course the mum used her full name on the report, uh, and on the West Australian they had a, a photo of them in their backyard, nothing identifiable, but green hedge in the background, a pool fence in the background, and there was a big brick wall, which is quite noticeable. So that was an identification point for me. So searched the lady, um, found her on Facebook, found her account. Okay, so go through a few of their photos. I found her husband's work ute, business. So now I know where he works. Okay, so I go further back, find mum has posted a photo of her daughter last year at school, first day, year six. So now school uniform, I now know, and she was only using her daughter's first names, but now I know her daughter's first first name and full name. Okay, so uh, I go back further in through their photos and three years later, uh, three years earlier, there was a photo of mum and dad with their arms around a for sale sign at the front of a house. So um, couldn't identify the property, but uh, went to that real estate agent, found out houses sold in that year, um, flicked through a whole pile of them, and I found the house. So I now had their address. Go to Google Maps, confirm that front house, go to a few photos, okay, that the po- pa- family had posted, green hedge, wall. pool fence, brick wall. And, and so I contacted the mum and I said, look, I was in the report as well. Don't want to freak you out. I, I don't want to sound like a weirdo or anything like that. This is, this is what I do for a living. And she was shocked. Mm-hmm. She was genuinely shocked. She goes, wow. So, so that linkability is, and, and being a, a corporate tech crime, I continually got frustrated when offenders were identified how much information they were able to glean mm-hmm. um, through social networking, especially sexual offenders um, and groomers. And it was amazing. It was amazing. So it's so important. A lot of my messages to the kids is we've got to minimise. We've got to minimise that. So that separation is very important, and it can't just be once or twice. It's constant. Yeah. I do it every every three three weeks. I'll Google my name. I'll Google information about myself to see what's out there. Yeah, wow. It's a constant. Gosh, constant there's battle. a lot of um, a <laughs> lot of work I need to do to cut links. And and, it, and again, it's not being critical, and this is where it's so important to me. And 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 live without sitting here and going, oh, I'm, I'm the best cyber safety educator in Australia. I, I don't do that. I'm not. There's some amazing people out there. But where I believe I'm having the most success in this country is I won't, I won't come out and criticise. I won't go, you're not doing this, do this, do that, ir- irresponsible. What I'm saying is this is what I've seen. This is what I continue to see. So let's give you the tools. So 
sometimes we just forget and that's human nature it's human nature and and like I said this lady she was a great mum her kids were awesome and and they were having good fun doing what they were doing but it was that simple simple photo of them out the front of the house that can compromise privacy and I think that's why this conversation is so important because mm. a little bit like when I was working in personal training and I or remedial massage, I get so frustrated with people because to me, it's obvious, but you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And me mm. just listening to you now, I didn't know that it was so easy yeah. when someone wants to find you, yeah. to find you just yeah. based off, you know, a couple of photos yeah. and like a few different sites. And, 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 and I challenge anyone, it's difficult, I challenge anyone to to, to have a non-existent online footprint. It's almost impossible these yeah. days because we do everything online. And it is, it is like I said, it's a constant battle. And this is what I push so hard to the kids is, I'll speak to a year nine group, say, look, you, you kids are naive to be sitting here and thinking no one's gonna look at your online footprint. Yeah. I never had that as a kid. If I go for a job application at, at the truck driving place, okay, and that guy's got, my boss had 10 applications He's going to ring every one of those references, tell us about Paul. Yeah. But you don't do that now. If, if a kid who's sitting in a, a year 12 class right now who's put in an application for a couple of jobs, okay, that boss is going to Google them online. That mm. boss is going to look at footprints because if he's got 100 applicants, he's going to cull them down to 10 and yeah. then make phone calls. Yeah. So <clears throat> what does your footprint say about you? And, and, and like I said, it's, it's so difficult because... Everything we do is, on, uh, do is online and, and it's, it's hard to minimise it. And usually as well, for those that are at that age where they're wanting a job or they're you know, wanting to take that next professional step in life, you're probably at an age where you're maybe drinking yep. and putting that and it's, you're probably projecting not a great 100%. Um, view of yourself. Um, yep. And that's not a judgment on your life no. choices, but that will, because I actually just jog my memory. I got a job a couple of years ago that was for um, a very private, um, confidential um, family. And they offered me the job based on the fact that they'd followed me on, mm. well, it's not mm. only the only yeah. reason, but I said, why, did, why me? Because they asked me to do this job. And they said, well, we can see what you're kind of about. And we, yeah. we've checked this and checked that. And it was actually the reason why I got asked to leave. Mm. Because something on my Instagram story that only lasts 24 hours, that was when I was on holiday, so not mm. even at work, nothing to do with mm. work, was enough for them, rightly so, they've got a right for this, mm. they're very confidential, was enough to, for them to go, mm, nah, yeah. too close, yeah. too close for us, not appropriate for us. Any other job wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah. And we decided that actually yeah. my inability to not share yeah. could put the, the yeah. risk, um, the uh, risk. But it's yeah. amazing. All of that yeah. was just through what I perceived as a personal account. Yeah. And I got quite offended at the time. Yeah. thinking, How dare you? That's my life. You should, it's nothing to do yeah. with my job. And, and, and I deal with that so often. And, and that line between private life and, and business life now is non-existent, Liv, and, and I'll be honest with you, 50% of me agrees with it and 50% of me doesn't because it's, uh, and I, I share those examples um, with with uh, a lot of my, my students and my audiences because it's, well, hold on, that's my private life and, and you're so true in, in saying the fact that it can reflect, it can reflect badly, but the problem with the internet is it doesn't have context. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that photo, it, if it's seen on a screen, oh, that person's bad, okay, if, if they're drinking, okay, if, if they're, uh, we had a, uh, I used to coach footy, senior footy in, in the waffle system, the West Australian Football League, and um, 
and uh, we had a young fella try at one of my clubs and um, we said, see you later. Uh, why, why aren't you picking me? Why aren't you letting me join the club? I said, well, mate, because you, you have a look at your online footprint, okay? Your yeah. social, this, this kid's main profile pic on Facebook was him sitting on the couch smoking a bong. And I go, okay, is that the kind of pl- person I want representing my footy club at that level? And no, but, but again, I, I, I qualify that by saying, well, that might not be him as a person. Yes. He might have stuffed up. He could, it could have been a joke. It could have been a, an inside joke, blah, blah. But, but the problem we have is the internet doesn't give you a chance yes. to explain that. Yes. A- and this is why it's so hard. And, and, it's, and I talk to so many of my audiences about that as one simple stuff up these days, an error of judgment can cost you. Yeah. And the internet doesn't give a damn. The internet social networking doesn't care. So mm. if you're trying to remove a photo or remove content because it can appear inappropriate, it can be taken out of context, it's difficult to do. So, yeah. And even if you get to it to remove it, yeah. it's probably been shared 100%. already. It's probably been commented on lots of times so it comes up on someone else's profile. 100%. So as soon as you put it out there, I guess hopefully from this conversation, if as a bare minimum, all people do is just think yeah. before they share. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've got so many examples in my mm-hmm. head that can validate the re- the need to just stop and go, do I want people other than my friends seeing this? Yeah. Because it might be a future boss that never mm. becomes my boss because of this. It might be, you know, grandma that will go, yeah. oh, that doesn't, yeah. you know, look good for the family image. Yeah. It might, yeah, you just yeah. have to. There was actually an example of, I used to massage at the Wacker. Mm. And I'm certainly not going to name names, but a couple of players were out having a good time <coughs> and posted um, holding alcohol mm. well, they've got a strict kind of no yeah. drinking policy yeah. as a professional athlete and they were banned from playing a few games and yeah. they, there was so much confusion and there was a lot of talk about it when I was in the clinic doing the massage and why this isn't fair blah blah, blah. and it's like well yeah. yeah and sadly that's the world we're in yes. and, and and again I, I, I get so conflicted because I, I, I see people, people being judged by errors on errors of judgment that any anyone yeah. anyone could make, and and this is the, where the internet, like I said, just doesn't give that context. And of course, yes, there's some there are some people out there who make stupid, terrible decisions online that that need to be held to account. Yeah. Okay, they make silly. I mean, there's a lot of misogynistic idiots out there on the internet, on TikTok, and all that sort of stuff, who are clearly doing stuff deliberately to cause issues or to mm-hmm. to promote um, controversy, mm-hmm. but. I, I, and, and they should be called out, but I see so many people making errors of judgment, uh, not because they're idiots, it's because they're, they're kids or mm. because they just, or they naive. were caught up in a moment, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, and um, uh, I had a, a, a 16 or 15 year old girl, one of my girls at one of my schools, um, I've been speaking to her since year five, uh, sent a nude to her boyfriend, she made an error of judgment at 15, sent that to her boyfriend, I love you, I trust you. That would imply don't share, but he shared it with 47 mates, Liv. Um, of those 47 mates, 11 of those students shared it with 356 people across five schools, yeah. And when, when I interviewed, and one of those, sorry, one of those kids got a copy of her photo, she didn't like her, so he posted it to a public website, okay, downloaded 38,000 times. He named her and her school, so he photoshopped it with her name and her, her, her school on it. So this poor young girl, um, now 15 years of age, her photo is all over the internet. And when I interviewed the father of the boy who posted it to that public network, his old man's gone, um, well, she's the, yeah. 
yeah. horrible word um, that posted in the first time. Uh, in the first place, uh, it's her fault. And, and, and I wanted to strangle him. No wonder I, the kids turned out the way yeah, one, had, Honestly, one, and that's exactly what I said to him. And, and this boy wasn't, wasn't a bad kid. He just made stupid, terrible yeah. decisions and he had really bad influences. But I've gone, hold on, mate, hold on, okay. I, I really, I really, that comment disgusts me, okay? Mm-hmm. Why? Because, yes, and, I, I, and yes, I gave her a caution for distributing her nude because it was a crime. She's underage. It's child exploitation material. Okay, so she shouldn't have done it. But she got a caution. Well, hold on. You gave her a caution. Why are you charging my son? Well, because he's the one who distributed it, mate. He's the one who who threw it out into the world. And it's not his body, so he actually has... 100%. And and, and so this is where we're being judged. And this is why with with all my kids, uh, and I've spoken to over half a million students in Australia over the last six years, seven years... I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to bag you. And literally, mate, literally this morning, I've got two emails from boys who've sent, um, who've been interacting with scammers, Mm -hmm. got their gear off in front of a camera, and they're going, Paul, help. I could quite easily go, mate, you're an idiot. I've told you about this. I've spoken to you about not doing it. But no, okay, buddy, I won't judge you. This is what's happened. Let's deal with it. Okay, And, and this is where the internet... It's unforgiving, mm-hmm. and and more importantly, why do I get into? Why do I do this? Because, and all your listeners, and even yourself, um, I'll say this: you won't realise how poorly you are protected on the internet yep. until something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. You'll look for help, and you won't get it. You'll get help from family, friends, and peers, but the internet doesn't give a damn. Mm-hmm. That has to change, and that's what I'm trying to change. It's a joke. Yeah. Oof. Heavy stuff. There's a yeah. lot. There's a lot there that I want to. Um, I guess one point I want to say is, if you are the one on the camera, and if it's not your body, you in in the frame, maybe you know, because we've spoken about mm. individual um, making of choice there. Mm. But I'm even thinking to the weekend. Great event had at the the rug, um, cricket club. Mm. People throwing up. People in getting a lift in a police wagon. But mm. all these things. But it's not your right to post something of someone yeah. else. So yeah. if you're if you're thinking, oh, this is so funny, my mates like mm. throwing up in the like, that's not yours to yeah. you know. So yeah. I guess it speaks to what you're saying. It's not just about the individual making wise or unwise decisions, but it's not fair for you to post yeah. for other people. And, on and, their and it's for me, either. it's about shifting that culture. I, I think we've gotten to this position now because the internet has just gone so quick. The online world has just gone so quick. Mobile phones have in, increased exponentially. So we, we for, for a number of years, we've had that culture of, let's take it out of the pocket and film it, okay? If there's someone drunk carrying on like an idiot, instead of going, okay, let, let's leave my phone in the pocket, let's go and have a chat, grab that person, say, let's go get a drink or let's go, go get you into a position where you're safe. So for a while, we've had this trend where, oh, film it, film it, film it and share it. And and this is where it's about just continuing to shift that culture because and that's what I hit very hard is because yeah we we got to remember anyone in this room can make that simple error of judgment so uh, and again simple simple we had a leavers ball in 2019 where some students smashed up a toilet block at a hotel um, because they were drunk. But of course, someone filmed that, went viral, uh, and it was all over the internet. So one of the girls, yes, she made an error of judgment. And again, I don't condone what they did. They smashed up that toilet block, caused a fair bit of damage and mess. 
but the hotel knew who they were. They knew the school, so they were always going to identify those students. But one girl in particular who was in the vid, um, she she was she was quite drunk, had a put the bin over her head and was carrying on like a robot, blah blah blah. And she got absolutely condemned on the internet. People found out who she was again. We've spoken about linkability. Mm-hmm. Um, condemned her. Okay. Typical parents, typical private school kids. They they got no respect. No. Mm-hmm. They were they were four girls who just made a stupid error of judgment because they'd had a few to drink. But more importantly. Why? Why take the phone out and capture it? And I, I've been doing this for a long time, and I know that's a naive statement. And I like I make a lot of naive statements, in the hope that we can shift that culture. So instead of grabbing the phone, let's respect the privacy. Okay. Yes, of course. If someone's breaking the law and you need some evidence, go for it. But I think there is it's an a element. difficult. It's a difficult difference. Yeah. I I I know that I think differently. I also know that I've never drank alcohol. So. This is coming from a very unique perspective Mm. and mindset. But I would consider, would I want to be having a photo taken of me vomiting in a bush? Mm. But some people do, weirdly. Some people, they want to show off about how drunk they are. And you think... Well, how do you how do you solve that problem? And if they actually genuinely do want to be yeah. captured and, and like it's, it's funny, it's and difficult. They want to, it's so, it, and, yeah. and this is where the internet's provided so many sort of conduits in regards to different different personas like and this and that. But, we were talking but about this, this is, over yeah. lunch and, and how this girl wanted to be an influencer, even yeah. though she knew she was probably putting herself at risk mm. and influencing people in a very dangerous way Um, I have a question and this is going to be very crass and very blunt so please if you are already offended shut your ears off Mm -hmm. why do men more so often than not and I'm not I'm not picking Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just I'm just this is I think a fact please correct me if I'm wrong think it's appropriate and okay to send pictures of their genitalia like it's sending a hey how are you morning good morning text like i have i'm a lesbian it doesn't it doesn't matter if Mm. i am or not i have received more dick pics than i have received photos of previous partners just a selfie you know it's disgusting but it seems like there's this um, sort of moral it, it justificate like it's okay yeah, well, yeah. as a man yeah. obviously you're a very lovely man very <laughs> honest nice kind man but why do we f- feel maybe and um, that this is okay yeah I, I think and do people feel like it's okay uh, n- no, no they it don't lot, what, what I find the, the problem we have again with the internet the problem we have with, with social networking in particular is is sadly there's a low percentage of people who are being who are almost, I suppose, um, portraying the norm. But it, it's not the norm. It's not the norm. It, when we get down to the nitty-gritty of it, it's only about 18 to 23% of adult males who will send a dick pic. But most of my female friends have received one. Yep, because what's happening is you're getting... You're getting... Oof, that's a high percentage, though, 20%. Yeah, it is. It is 23%. Yes, it is, it is high. It yeah. is high, but, it, but we've got to also... We're normalising that sexuality to a degree, okay? We have a look at so much content online these days is sexualised, okay? Um, There's been a shift to a degree in regards to 
to expressing yourself online because you can do that more openly. You can't do that in person. It's a bit like in the olden days where showing an ankle was a bit like risque. Yeah, and, and, and then and, it was like and, showing yes. the cleavage and then it was showing the That's it. So this is where, again, it's it's, it's progressing and, and it is the next step. So again, we've got to make sure we continue to, to emphasise, okay, that is not the majority. That is not the majority. But what we've got to also look at is there's a specific group of people out there who think that's okay all right so this is where you'll get guys who just go okay send out the old dick pic and and that's it that girl's going to go oh wow that's so lovely uh, thank you so much if you say that's revolting you've really disturbed me and actually that's a crime yeah they kind of brush it off like oh you just yeah. don't like it yeah. so how do you respond to receiving because it is abuse yeah. it's it's yeah. a form of abuse yeah. i believe yeah um how how would you respond to that to disencourage that kind of okay. behavior number one is to call it out okay send a message straight back saying this is inappropriate this was not a requested image okay please don't send it again if you do i'll make a complaint to the police okay because it's it's technically it's flashing it's it's cyber flashing 100 percent so it is a crime it is a crime yeah Yeah. okay so you're sending an intimate image okay it's it's not it's been sent without consent so yeah you have well within your rights to make a complaint regarding that but for me it's about calling it out Um, we've got to We've got to make that statement, and again, with uh, with great respect to gender, yes, males males are quite high percentage in regards to doing that compared to females. But females will also send Agreed, yeah. out of the blue nudes. Um, um, here's a gift. Uh, they're not as aggressive as males to a degree, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we, we, we're seeing it a fair bit. But again, it's it's we've got to call that out. We've got to start saying no. This is not. Even though under certain age brackets it might be the norm, okay, it might be a regular sort of occurrence, it doesn't make it right, <laughs> okay. So we've got to continue to call that out. And and I, I see a, a lot of girls who will speak to me and say, Paul, yeah, I, I, I get a dick pic every now and again. Um, the boys tend to also send a, a nut pic as well because they know sending a, a dick pic can be deemed as uh, child pornography, so they'll just send a nut pic instead. So um, it, it's it's... It's frustrating, but we've got to really continue to make sure we address that this is not normal behaviour, okay? Just because others are doing it doesn't mean it's right. I think there is an element, and this is obviously just human nature, that some people actually want it. They do appreciate a dick And and, and again, we need to understand that element of of life as well because there are some people who do find that attractive. They do find that, that... play for want of a better word um the the way it it, it is at the moment and and life has changed significantly from when i was younger and from 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 yourself being younger as well so that transition completely changes but but again um and i don't want to sound old here i mean i'm 51 i I don't want to sound old but life is changing things are changing and and i I try to balance that in my education i'm not naive um Kim Kardashian sends a nude and it's 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 the way we express ourselves to a degree mm-hmm. um, and we should be allowed to um, enjoy our bodies and, and, and expose ourselves and be proud of our bodies but we've just got to remember how the impact it can have on others yeah. okay and we forget that sometimes um, and that's where one of the biggest frustrations in the online world at the moment yeah I've got a quite specific question there may not be an answer but is there an app or a certain element of an app that you think is more dangerous or more susceptible for manipulation or crime to occur? For instance, 
TikTok over an Instagram story, over mm. a reel, over a Facebook live? Is there yeah. one that you think, oh, there's just not quite enough parameters? I know it's contextual, um, contextual excuse me, as well, yeah. because that um, shooting in New Zealand was mm. Facebook live, yeah. and you think, yeah. oh my gosh. But yeah. So I'm sure there's not one simple answer to this, but yeah. for anyone that is... I'm quite moved by this conversation mm. and already I'm thinking, how can I restrict myself online? Yeah. Was, is there one place you would start? Um, it, it's difficult, Liv. It really is because most of the networks, if we're using social networking, we've got to get down to the foundation of it. Social networking is designed to share information. Mm. Social networking is designed to build uh, information so that networks can make money out of data and conversations, re- literally content. Content sells. Data is the new currency. So in reality, if you are using social networking, uh, none of them are better than the others. None of them are really worse than the others to a degree. Um, anything where you're posting online, nothing is truly private. Mm-hmm. Nothing is truly private. Delete doesn't really mean delete. Um, Snapchat is is one of the better networks uh, in in regard. And just a, as a as a disclaimer, whenever I ever if I ever say to anyone on my socials. Um, I don't mind an app. It doesn't mean I like it. It just means I hate it less than the rest. Yeah, okay. okay, so Snapchat, we can delete content on Snapchat. But again, let's not get caught up in that because you can still screenshot a snap. Okay, so nothing's truly private. But the benefit and why Snapchat is our primary app now for teenagers is because content is removed. It's deleted. So it does assist in footprint removal. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing a lot of people, teenagers especially, want to do they want to try and minimize that footprint so snapchat does do that but like i said it's it's if if we're going to be on social networking we we're going to have to accept some level of risk but for me it's about again let's lock down in regards to privacy uh my con is my content identifiable okay can you identify me in the real world as a result of me using this app um, so one thing, and like I said, the, the two boys who've contacted me just this morning is, right, first thing, okay, you've been caught by a scammer, sextortion, okay, they know who I am, Paul, because of my linkability. First thing, mate, lock down your socials. Let's take away that linkability so they think you've deleted your networks. So that ability to interact um, and find content is always going to be there. So for me, we've just got to always go into that straight up from the moment you join a social networking app it's let's lock down your mates are going to know who you are if if billy blog sends a message to a couple of his mates i've just joined snapchat they'll know who he is Okay, so you don't have to use your full name. You don't have to use your real name. You don't have to post that photo of you in school uniform to tell you who you are. Yeah. Your mates know. And then I had another question. Thank you for that. There's obviously um, kind of a Mm -hmm. safety block on computers. I'm assuming for any, I don't know the terminology, but for um, when there's bugs in a computer and things like that. Are there any apps or screenings or safety kind of things for social media that take away? Obviously, you can turn off your location. You can be restrict on your privacy settings. But are there any kind of things that you can buy out there that will limit some of the risk of having an online Um, presence? Yes and no. Yes and no. There's some great um, parental control apps out there that can work quite well. Uh, Custodio, uh, Alpact. So Custodio is Q-U-S-T. ODIO, so Custodio and Alpact. Um, these these organisations will help you um, filter, time restrict on apps and all that sort of stuff from a parental perspective. 
But in reality, sadly, again, because it, we've got to remember social networking is their own little entity. The app is, is self-designed and self-controlled. So getting, and this is where as an educator in this field for so long now, I get frustrated because we still haven't reached that level of, and I hate using the word control live, but we haven't reached that level of control yet or moderation. So we need to address that. Um, so yes, you should be able to join a social networking app and have more power in regards to control and moderation. Yes, we do have settings, okay? Some good privacy settings on Snapchat. TikTok is one of the only apps in the world that has parental controls written into it. So you can filter followers. You can turn off being contacted by randoms. You can time restrict it. But as far as an external network to go, right, I'm going to pump in my socials and get that, that network or that organisation to help me. Mm. No, there's really nothing out there. And that, that needs to change. We need to continue to evolve that. Yeah. Even from a mobile phone perspective, um, and any listeners who are, who are tuning in, um, this is a billion-dollar industry uh, or a billion-dollar idea, so run with it. Why haven't, why haven't Apple invented a, a, a parental control phone? Okay, don't call it the iPhone mummy 1000, okay, <laughs> but, but okay, so my daughter's 12, okay, I'm going to program this phone as a 12-year-old, I'm going to give that phone to my daughter, okay, knowing that she can't create a TikTok account because TikTok's 13 plus. She can't send a nude because the nude will be identified through algorithm and content and that'll be nudity, they'll identify that, okay, so she can't use the phone after nine o'clock at night because she's home in bed, okay, why haven't we, we done that? Okay, the technology's there. The Why not, do you the think, ability what do you think the answer is? The answer is simple. Because it sells. And, it's, yeah. yeah, content data sells. Yeah. Okay, we want, and, and a, a 10-year-old shouldn't be on social networking, but they are. I go to 490 primary schools across WA. 72% of year fives and sixes are on one or more of the social networking apps. 72%. And they're not supposed to be, but they are. And yes, I, I, I do say, and I should say, well, what are parents doing? Why is that 10-year-old on, on TikTok? But a lot of kids join without parents' knowledge. Yeah. So why, is, why aren't the networks doing better in that regard? Yes. But, but they push because the onus so to us. Because it's so easy just to tick a, yes, I'm 18. Yeah. Six-year-old twin boys in my life yeah. were watching something extremely inappropriate yeah. on YouTube. Mm. And, I mean, fortunately, they're so young, they didn't really even comprehend what they were watching yeah. and they didn't get it, but they're six. Yeah, and that's watching a parent's biggest content. fear. Yeah. That's a parent's biggest fear. And uh, I talk a lot about a website called Omegle, um, which is massive. Omegle, O-M-E-G-L-E for listeners. And, and this is on a lot of my socials. And, and that's an 18-plus site, okay? So kids aren't supposed to be in it. 13-plus um, with parental moderation, but you can click onto Omegle, it's a video chat service, chat cam to cam with a random. 75,000 people in a session at a time, so you can flick through 75,000 cams. And I guarantee you every 10th cam or 15th cam at least will have a penis thrust in your, your child's face. And I, I did a documentary with Todd Sampson, Mirror Mirror, um, last year, uh, Channel 10, and we did an undercover investigation in this very room with a young actress, Ella, She's pretending to be 14, she's 18, and we had over 50 people try to chat her up, try to get her, get her, get her gear off, um, guys just flashing their willies at front of her, in front of her, and we, live, we, we spoke with three 10-year-old girls on the network under a, under a blanket with a laptop, 
and we go, well, where are your parents? Oh, they're fast asleep. It's two o'clock in the morning here. Um, little Maddie wants to see some funny penises. And that broke my heart as a dad mm. because I want to grab those girls, pull them out of the cam and go, what are you doing? Yeah. But I can't because now they're gone. So the question there is, and again, this is where it gets so hard for me. It's so difficult because, okay, what are those parents doing? That kid shouldn't have a laptop. And I get that, all right? It's two o'clock in the morning, they're asleep over. The parents should be maybe checking. But they're fast asleep. <laughs> it's two in the morning. And so many kids have iPads as part 100%. of their school. 100%. You can sneak it in. I would have yeah. done that. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I would have done that. I would have snuck my phone into the bedroom if I was a 12-year-old. Mm. But my question is, well, hold on, hold on. Above all of that, why the hell are Amigle allowing yes. a 10-year-old on their network? Yes. Yeah. And, and, yeah, they can't control who enters their doors well why not <laughs> and again i said to you before i say some naive things mm. but how how are we allowing this to happen when God. when there's no governance there's no rules and and this is why i'm so strong and and, and you you would have picked up on the passion i have for this subject yeah. because everyone's going help people are going why did you do this yet we're still to a degree the networks are still not being responsible mm. okay and there's some great organizations we have the e-safety commission in australia who work amazing uh, julian men grant is our commissioner okay they're doing some amazing stuff to put some onus back on the networks to be more responsible but we've allowed this to happen for so long the internet has just well, sorry legislation and moderation has failed to keep up with the internet mm. and that is our biggest issue and that's the biggest fight i'm trying to fight at the moment it's yeah. hard <laughs> and welcome to my breath. world. And, and yeah, it's how are you doing? Like genuinely, how because you've been in this industry now for thirteen years, yeah. and presumably it's only getting harder and more yeah. shocking and more depressing. Do yeah. do you feel like you have the stay power to to remain doing what you're doing? Because uh, even after yeah. this hour, I'm yeah. about to cry. Quite frankly, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard, mate. Honestly, yeah. and it's and I do get overwhelmed, and mm. and at times I have. I have been broken because yeah. I've, I've had young kids who have contacted me for help. Um, and it's, it's heartbreaking. It's two steps forward and one step back. And, and I do get overwhelmed and it's hard. But, but I, I just keep battling on because I have to battle on because kids will go, Paul, there's no one out there to help us. Mm. Okay, you've helped us. So, so that's what I drive. Um, I, the, the young girl who sent a nude and he shared it with 47, her photo ended up on the internet. She was, f that was an, a number of years ago, okay, and she nominated me for Australian of the Year, okay, and I got WA Australian of the Year because of, of her nomination. And yeah, accolades are great, don't get me wrong, but that, that is nowhere near impo as important as the fact that she had the courage to speak to me. She had the courage to talk to me and I was able to help her. And her case was heartbreaking, yeah. and, and I just wanted to walk away. But you're right, it's difficult. And I'm, I'm in a, a rut at the moment because I just feel so frustrated because we're not being heard to a degree, okay? And I, and I love what I'm doing. But at times, I just, I, I just want to get on a plane, uh, knock on Mark Zuckerberg's door and go, mate, what the hell are you doing? Okay, and the owner of Facebook, knock on Evan Spiegel's door, the head of head of Snapchat, and say, "What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Give us a hand." And and that's and and any cyber safety educator who'll be listening to this podcast will agree with that. Mm -hmm. Okay, we can only do so much, 
Um, but the networks just are, are failing uh, and they've got to get better. This is no longer our job. This is no longer just a parent's job, a, a, a user's job. Okay, this is no longer just a teacher's job. This is, we need a hand and we're not getting there. And like I said, you, anyone who knows me and has seen me present, they know how I feel about this. And yeah. it's, it's hard, it's your hard. Your passion is, is mm. infectious, absolutely. Mm. And your message is very clear and very important. Mm. So thank you so, so much for um, Thanks, today. Liv. I do, I know it's hard to even find a positive off the back of this conversation. I, I always like to try and end on a bit more of a high than... Yep. Some, some of the lows we've, we've hit on today. And that is maybe, I'm just thinking, I mean, I'm not um, 51, 50, I'm, I'm 35. <laughs> you lucky thing. But I remember my childhood where yeah. I didn't have a phone, I yeah. didn't have a TV. We had one of those um, computers that took up the whole desk. There was yeah. actually no room for your arms. So it's the most <laughs> uncomfortable experience ergonomically. Maybe we can just try to limit yeah. The, the the normal amount of screen time. I know that doesn't erase yeah. the problem completely, but if you're like as a parent, oh my gosh, or as a as a yeah. teen or any an adult, just think the less I'm online, the less that I'm trying yeah. to search for that connection yeah. artificially with people balance. behind a screen. We want balance. Why don't we actually go and really bloody scary if you haven't done it in a while but call someone and say can I meet you for a coffee yeah, or yeah. can I go for a walk with yeah. you or and can I because I think people do so much online and take so many risks online because they're simply just trying to connect and yeah. feel included yeah. and be heard and be seen we can do that in real life guys yeah. and, and, we've forgotten the 100% importance live. of that and, and, and again, and again let's, let's really let's really hone down on that and let's have some faith in that and, and this sounds so corny but our kids are the future, okay? And and we, we just, we've we've been an experiment, okay? So people, my boy's 24 next month, okay? So our, we've been an experiment. Even you, yourself at 35, okay? We've been an experiment, all right? This is half my life, the internet, okay? So I'm, I, I haven't been that experiment. What I mean by that is we've gone through a process of, of hit and miss and an experimentation. We're now finally starting to see the precipice, I believe. We're starting to see the top of that hill. Yes, we're still gonna have a lot of issues. We're still gonna have a lot of kids making errors of judgment and people making error of judgment. But let's, I, I leave with this this positive. We are, we are getting there. Our kids are amazing. They still stuff up, don't get me wrong, they will, but they're calling it out. They're starting to shift the culture, all right? So we've gone from uh, maybe when I, when my boy was 13, 14, it was about huge numbers on our apps, uh, lots of followers, and we had 10 apps. That's shifted now, okay? It's not about the numbers anymore. It's now kids using maybe two or three apps as a primary, so it's not as active. They are getting off a lot a lot better. They are starting to have physical conversations. So my, my positive message is let's ride that wave and let's ride it wonderfully because it is working. Our kids are calling it out. Our teenagers are challenging now, which is great. So this is where I think we're starting to get some really good positives in that regard. And I, and I, and I, I say this to the social networking apps. If you don't listen to your users, you are going to lose them. Mm -hmm. And Zuckerberg's done that on Facebook and Instagram. So that's where we are right now. We're in a positive, we are in a positive spin right now. So let's hang our hat on that. Let's have that faith because we're starting to see a real shift. Networks are being called out, okay? They're starting to force, be forced to put parental controls or controls to help people get off, to help people minimize addiction. 
So we're getting there. So let's let's continue to call that out. Plus schools a year shows that there's a need for what you're doing, yeah, and there's yeah. an audience that want to hear your and, message. And that's it. And and that's what's important. It says yeah. okay. Um, and again, let's not judge. All right. Let's. This is their world now. So anyone who's listening at the moment, who's got kids, who's over the age of thirty-five. Let, this is their world and I don't concede defeat there to say let them do what they want to do this is their world that transition for us is difficult for parents because we never had it so okay let's put some rules in place anyone who wants to contact me I can give you a mobile phone contract I can give you a social media contract which puts guidelines in place to give you that walk before we run approach mm-hmm. and and but again let's have faith in our kids and out of everything I talk about conversations okay mums and dads speak to your kids and I know they'll go whatever blah blah blah. (laughs) yeah but just keep chipping away if you hear something on the news oh Paul spoke about this dodgy website on this on this podcast where you can go cam to cam with randoms oh yeah mum that'll be Omegle oh what the hell's Omegle talk about it get that conversation happening so enter their world get to know it because that transition or that that gap is is a usually a catalyst because a parent ago had no idea. You're the kids full bottle. So let's close that gap and that and that's where our positives lie. Have faith in the fact that we, we our kids are shifting, they're turning a corner, so let's help them turn that corner by getting to know their world. Okay? And and hopefully we can continue to really challenge that. Brilliant. Well done. Good work, mate. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Are there any little um links connections information that you want to share an email address or yep. a website yep. just to uh, number one for me would be uh, uh, beacon beacon the cyber safety app run by the telethon kids institute so beacon uh, beacon go to telethon kids and you'll find beacon on one of their links um, it's a great app which gives you some really good insight as a parent in getting into how their world works. Um, you can search your child's age and find out what trends, latest um, latest apps they're using. eSafety Commission, I've mentioned the eSafety, eSafety Commission, eSafety.gov.au, great resource for parents and for kids, mm-hmm. okay, can get assistance. The ACCE, which is the uh, Anti-Child um, uh, Exploitation Network, um, they've got some great advice as well. And uh, yeah, it's just these resources out there in regards to, and of course, surfonlinesafe.com.au. Um, Liv is pointing at me. Um, uh, surfonlinesafe.com.au, which will help you out as well. So, um, but for me, it's just about continuing, get informed, be informed, can get to know this world, uh, and it can be confronting. We've spoken about some negatives today, but remember, there's some positives as well. Let's let's embrace the internet. Let's have fun. But let's always remember, okay, this is a this is a tool like any other tool, like the car keys. Let's let's approach with with guidance and with rules, uh, and we will we will get through this. Um, but Perfect. yeah, thanks insight for and information is key. One hundred percent, and so that's it. Thank you so so much for well sharing done, all of your knowledge. And um, please share this pod. I've never actually asked anyone to share conversations before because I feel if you are inspired to, you will. But I think every single person needs to hear this conversation. So please share. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well Take done. care out there, everybody. See you guys. Bye. Bye.